Hi, boys and girls. Like you, Santa is listening to the Merry Little Podcast of MyMerryChristmas.com. Greetings and welcome to the Merry Little Podcast of MyMerryChristmas.com. My name is Jeff Westover, and I'm the lead decorator at the Merry Forums of MyMerryChristmas.com, the world's best Christmas community, and the longest ongoing celebration of Christmas now in year number 30 online. This episode of the Merry Little Podcast will be a small departure from the norm, and we'll discuss some of the late-breaking news of Christmas for 2021. We are, it appears, headed for a second pandemic Christmas, and it's a moving target. And like last year, it's going to affect us all. Where this year once promised a return to normalcy, we find ourselves toward the end of summer again, debating vaccines and wrangling with masks everywhere. And it's all going to affect Christmas again. In fact, as we record this in the final week of August 2021, the headlines around the world are full of stories about shipping delays, backed up ports, and something called supply chain stress. Everyone I know in the retail business, the restaurant business, the food service industry, and in wholesaling and even on Amazon and eBay are all complaining about how rough this Christmas season already is. Complicating matters is a labor crisis the likes of which we've never seen. I live in Utah, one of the hottest job markets in the country, and as a small state with less than 4 million residents, I can tell you that there are less than 1,000 homes on the market statewide, and more than 40,000 available jobs. Pile on top of that an epic drought in the west with unprecedented flooding back east, and it all mixes together into a Christmas season ahead unlike any season we have ever known. It's all coming together in a rather painful way, and it has us asking really hard questions like this. I'd like to find the guy who done me wrong and stuck my butt upon this Christmas tree. Who put the stomp in my rumpa bumpa bump? Who took and jammed it in my ramalama ding dong? Who stood the wood where I poop she poop she poop? Who put the stick of my hip de dip de dip? Who was that man? shoved it up my can and left me stranded on this Christmas tree. That's the great Bob Rivers with a Christmas classic you need to hear completely. Just Google who put the stump and you'll get plenty of links to it on Amazon, iTunes, and other places. All of this, of course, is very uncomfortable to talk about, but we have to talk about it. It's here and it's reality. It's news. We're going to deal with it whether we like it or not. I try to refrain from doing these kinds of newsy episodes because they're so topical. It's relevant now, but perhaps not so much later. We have the kind of podcasts that people go back and listen to older episodes because most of the information we share is timeless. But occasionally we have to talk about the here and now, and that's not great in an archived sense. Hopefully years from now when folks download this episode, it will be in historical context for our time. In a way, I wish we had done a podcast way back in 2001, the Christmas season following 9-11. That event was 20 years ago, and we've got a whole generation now asking the question of what it was like. 
So maybe this episode can serve in that historical way down the road. For today, however, we're going to talk about some realities at Christmas that are unusual. In this go-around, we're going to tackle the sticky issue of Christmas decorating in a pandemic year. Yes, that's right. Christmas decorating this year just might be a little different. Those guys are known as voicemail, and they have several great Christmas albums out. This one from Jingles 3, released back in 2016. Why do so many artists record the same Christmas songs over and over? Well, it's partly due to the fact that they can. This ancient carol deck the halls, like many others, carries no copyright, and it resides in the public domain. But they do them as well because they are traditional, something folks have heard at Christmas for so long they forget just what the song is really all about. Dating from the 1500s, the song Deck the Halls brings us mysterious yet instantly recognizable lyrics in Deck the Halls, Fa-la-la-la-la, and Tis the Season, all words added to an ancient tune in the, surprise, surprise, 19th century. Like so many things at Christmas, Deck the Halls has morphed over time to what we know it to be today. Today, many assume it is a song about decorating, and it is easy to see why. But the truth is that the song is kind of a medieval party song. The great composer John Rutter explained Deck the Halls nearly two decades ago when he said, quote, Deck the Halls with Bowels of Holly, well, that certainly originated in Wales, and that much we do know, but it was originally meant to be performed by a group of singers and a harp. And the idea was that the singers would come up with the first line, Deck the Halls with Bowels of Holly, and then the harpist would improvise the next line, and then they'd sing the line after that, Tis the Season to be Jolly, and the harpist would play something. And, you know, a few drinks would be taken, and everybody would have a wonderful time and you'd get a carol out of it. But of course, that only worked in Wales where they had harpists on every corner. You see, it's the national instrument. Well, outside of Wales, what do you do when you don't have a harp? So what people did was just sing fa-la-la-la-la. So actually, when you sing Deck the Halls with Bows of Holly, fa-la-la-la-la, you're actually filling in for a harpist that is missing. And so it's worth remembering that if you ever want to do what you should is really find the budget to hire a harpist, unquote. While the song certainly fits in that fashion as a holiday activity and decorating is surely part of its reference, it is important to remember that it expanded to international popularity in the wake of Charles Dickens and Queen Victoria in the 19th century and all the media that they generated. All things Christmas that gets credited, well, to those two, includes Deck to Halls. But nothing bears repeating more than the fact that the song became a Christmas standard, if only because it was just published in 1862. The tune was already known, old and familiar, with the history of made-up lyrics fashioned through endless generations of party-going at Christmas and at New Year, and then firmed up by adding those 19th century lyrics that we enjoy today 
And, well, there you go. It's a classic. What it alludes to for us of the 20th and 21st centuries is that we love to decorate for Christmas. As this episode is recorded, we have officially passed the pumpkin spice latte starting gun of fall, and folks are seriously thinking and planning and doing the decorating of Christmas. I often wonder what even our 19th century ancestors would think of what Christmas decorating has become today. In homes and places of business all over the world, from the USA to Australia and New Zealand and even to Brazil, major light displays are already being worked on. I'm talking displays with hundreds of thousands and even millions of lights. Those lights may or may not be synchronized to music. They may be shaped into forms of Christmas trees or polar bears or reindeer or whatever. They may be designed to be driven through in cars or perhaps walk through on foot. They will draw thousands of people. Those big displays can be contrasted with millions of tinier displays in the form of Christmas villages, often accented with lights and trains and fake snow as buildings designs that resemble Dickens-themed streets of the UK or even the North Pole dwellings near Santa Claus, all give a unique holiday glow of their own. From the public spectacle to the private glow of Christmas in homes, decorating for Christmas is just something that we love to do. Our decorating today is far more than the boughs of holly spoken of in Deck the Halls, but they all scream tis the season, as the old song suggests. But in our pandemic age, how is that decorating going? What do we look forward to in 2021? And, you know, how's it going to be different? To answer those questions, we turn to some real Christmas decorating experts at Bronner's, the world-famous Michigan-based Christmas store with decades of experience in Christmas decorating. Now, please understand that Bronner's is our friend, not our sponsor, and we don't need or want to bring them onto the Merry Little Podcast for business purposes. Bronner's has been a friend of My Merry Christmas and the online Christmas community for years because they love and celebrate Christmas wholeheartedly. They just happen to have the world's biggest Christmas store, too. They do what many of us would love to do. They create a wonderland of Christmas that is a destination in their own right, a place where Christmas is experienced and felt every single day of the year. They are here to share their expertise and to discuss how Christmas might be a little different due to the world's condition this year. A few weeks back, I caught up with Jennifer Mays, who is in charge of Christmas decorating at Bronner's. Can you imagine having that job? Jen decorates it from floor to ceiling and has the greatest toolbox in the world in order to do it. Bronner's is a -a one-of-a-kind kind of place. Jen describes customers coming into Bronner's to start off our conversation. As we see guests come in, um, you know, they look in awe. They look up, they look around, they, they just can't believe what they see at first. And, uh, it's funny, they'll, they'll come in and they, they take a deep breath and some of them will look at us and they say, so do you like Christmas? And do you <laughs> like Christmas this, you know, every day? A lot of people say, oh, it's, you know, it's just a job, but, uh, personally for me, I love it. Um, I love the music. We've got Christmas music going on all year long. I don't get tired of it. It's great. It sounds ideal to me. It really does. Give me an idea of what it's like right now. I mean, everything is, uh, I, it, 
in my view, we're still on planet weird with this whole pandemic thing. And I know the world's struggling to get back to normal. Uh, what's it like right now there? Um, what are the rules you have to follow? If someone were to make a trip, um, what could they expect when they get to Bronner's now? Um, when someone were to visit, if someone were to visit us today, um, we still ask that they social distance. You know, it, we've been through such a strange year, like you said. It was uh, just almost like you're in a movie. I mean, you couldn't believe what the, yeah. the rules were. And I mean, for a place that is all about love and and coming together for the the birth of Jesus, you know, everyone there's so much love here. It's hard to to stand away from each other, and it's hard to not see the smiles, you know, yeah. behind the masks. So obviously, it's lightened up a little bit. We still try and uh, keep six feet apart. We still got the markings on the floor. Um, if you're vaccinated, you can come in without a mask. But um, it's uh it's getting there. But um, the the flow of people is picking up. Um, the buses are back, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Being a destination and the kind of place where there's some escapism for folks when they go and they, they visit you, um, that probably puts a lot more pressure on you guys to maintain that environment and to be able to meet those standards for people. And you're exactly right. You know, people are getting out and they want to, like, step through that that zone and just go back to normal. You know, they want to get away from all the, the chaos that's been going on. But um, for us, um, when people walk through the door, I mean, the guest is the reason why we are here, the reason why we have a job. So we do our best to treat them as if they were the only ones here, you know. Yeah, I can tell you that the the feeling online with the community is that there a lot of people couldn't celebrate Christmas last year the way that they're used to. And this year, I can feel that energy going the other way. They're going back to it. And I'm just wondering, can they find what they could find before when they go into Bronner's? I believe they can. Um, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, there's a a degree that it, it can bring you down. You know, you miss seeing your family. There's some people that hadn't seen their grandparents in right. a year and a half. They just want to hug them. That goes to show how lucky we are to have the Internet. It's harder to celebrate, obviously, but the Internet here um, has picked up. It's doing fantastic, and like I said, we're lucky to have that. Um, it would have been really hard. If we were in um, a time where we didn't have that, we didn't, we weren't able to share some part of right. you know, a holiday with with our loved ones. But um, that's going strong here at Bronner's. We're we're very fortunate. A lot of businesses have had to deal with um, shortages and with price increases and with supply chain issues and and all of that. How's that been for you? I mean, have you been able to? Keep things in stock. Have you been able to get the new stuff that you were hoping for? This is a, a serious question a lot of people have is can they find the stuff that, uh, you know, they're looking for? Right. Um, we have a team of buyers that uh, normally go, you know, all over and, and purchase items to sell here in the store. Um, that obviously was not done with the uh, 
the COVID-19. There, you know, there was a setback, but it's, it's worldwide. Uh, absolutely, we are hurt by it, but like anything coming from overseas, um, is delayed worldwide. So, um, we're, we're just lucky that things are starting to trickle in now. Um, we will get it in, but, uh, it's, it's going to be another different year. Um, obviously there are price differences now than there were before, but, uh, that's just inevitable. But sure. Uh, again, we're just, we're very fortunate how, um, this one single business has kept its head up, you know. Well, I think in, in what you guys do, there's, um, always a mix of old and new. And, um, you, I, I think there's probably things you can, you could look at and say, Christmas has always been this way and this is what people are going to want. And then there's the stuff that's trendy in a year like this. And this might be an unfair question, but what, what do you think is going to be the trend? What is hot? What is popular? What is it that people are looking for this year? I guess, um, it's all personal preference, obviously, but the trends this year, really big, the, the natural look, woodland, the owls, things like that, that's still very hot this year. The buffalo plaids, a lot of people can create their own theme as according to what they've done throughout the year, you know, with, with being stuck at home more, um, you know, people have learned to do a lot of things. So some of their trees could be themed you know, with construction or remodeling and, you know, things like that. But um, the uh, trendy themes this year are the naturals, um, a lot of gray, the navy, the classic blue, uh, and that always pairs great with uh, silver and white, gold Mm -hmm. and platinum, and then even red, your traditional red. Uh, You can't go wrong with that. But, yeah, a lot of the themes, um, social media now, you could do – pictures and sports and things like that that you see on social media. I mean, really, there's no limit to the themes. But um, as far as I'm concerned, what I've noticed, the the uh, buffalo plaids and, and the natural things, just things that you have around you are, are the bigger, the hot themes this year. What all of this brings to mind for me is, you know, you get to work in this every day. And you get to see everything, uh, the, the, you know, everything that's available. What does, what does Jen do at home with decorating for Christmas? Uh, we actually get asked that a lot by guests that come in. Um, you know, because we here, we're here all the time, they say, do you decorate like this at your house? You know, and, and we say, well, you know, this is a lot more fun because the, there's no limit really to what we could do here at the store you know we do have a lot of fun but um there are a lot of things that you could do um i like to use what's around me when i'm at home just for instance i have a few trees in my house and um the one in my say in my living room i i make sure that that just matches all of my my decorations and my couch and things like that then you can go in like the one in my kitchen um, which is where we are most of the time. Um, I actually take and I get ornaments and things from where we have visited through the, the year or, you know, family right. vacations and you kind of personalize it and we use, um, I'll take pictures of the kids and, and family members and we just tuck them in, in the tree 
and add ribbon and I mean you can really do anything. You know, funny story, but when I first um was married, didn't think of a Christmas tree at the time. And then uh I I got a tree and uh I thought, okay, well I don't have enough ornaments to fill this. Well my my husband is an avid golfer. So um I just kinda let it fly and uh decorated the tree with golf clubs and and tees and, and golf balls and made um, little clusters of golf balls with ribbon. I mean, there's so many things that you can do um, if you just let your uh, let your mind fly, you know. You know, it's funny. I, I, I can be very much a traditionalist when it comes to everything Christmas, including Christmas decorating. And for, for years, we had just one tree. And I have found, uh, as I've gotten older and things have evolved in Christmas for us, that I've become one of those people with more than one tree. Uh, because there's different parts of the house, different times. It's a creative outlet, you know, it's, uh, and you can, you can do so many things, like you mentioned, hobbies and travels and, and things like that, that can influence your decorating. Do you find that's generally true with people that, you know, one tree just isn't the thing anymore. It's it's several in a home. I do. Um, you know, again, as we speak with these uh, guests, uh, there are people that we meet and and we've um, almost, you know, developed these relationships with these guests because they come back year after year and they, you know, add a tree every year or some of the, the videos and the pictures that they show us of their yards. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I just think that it's great. Um, yeah. but it tends to be the people that have, um, either the small kids or, um, grand, many grandchildren yeah. are the ones that, you know, they add a tree every year. They've got so many memories that they want to, to display. So, uh, there goes another tree up in, into, you know, the kitchen or, I, we've had a, um, a guest here that has made sure that she had one in every room, and you're talking right. about the restroom, you know, the bathrooms, and you know, it, there's no end. And and it's great to see how excited they are, you yeah. know, when they are telling us. It's no longer um, a thing where I think uh, decorating just happens spontaneously on Thanksgiving weekend. I think these days. The grander tradition of Christmas decorating begins in the summer where people are, are planning and, and, uh, I think a lot of folks look to do something a little different every year. What about lighting this year? Is there anything new or trending in Christmas lights? Because that seems to be, uh, an ever growing category and something that people are getting a lot more creative with, at least in my experience that I'm seeing. Definitely. Um, the LED lights that they have come up with are just amazing. Um, they have lights that chase and you can get a, a string of lights that do, you know, a minimum of 12 different, um, lighting sequences. Um, I've seen people that have lit, uh, tractors out in their yard and they make sure that they get the lights that, you know, go around. They chase the wheel so it actually looks like the tractor is moving right. in the yard. But the lights that we have here, um, they're great. Uh, they, they're uh, low wattage. The LEDs are fantastic. You know, you pay a little bit more 
in the beginning, but you save so much money that it it all evens out. But the lights, um, the chasing lights and the programmable lights, we have lights that um, you could actually, you know, put an app on your phone and control the way that the lights look. And and some of our displays here at the store, we have these six-foot C7 light bulbs, and you could literally make those do anything you want. There are so many different options. It's amazing. Does Bronner's do anything to help with education when it comes to um, the emerging technology? Because if we're going to see technology, it'll be in lights. Um, I hadn't considered the app thing before. Um, I mean, back in the day, you used to have all of these controllers and mixers and all this other kind of stuff. Has it gotten easier to put up a big display? It has. Um, a lot of these lights and things, they can connect. You can daisy chain them. So you're, you've got so much control in the palm of your hand, and it's amazing what they do. Um, we are just getting used to, um, you know, trying to, to help people to see what they can do. Um, that, that for us is, is the biggest thing right now with the app and the C7 lights. Now this, this C7 light that I'm talking about, it's, it's, um, a fiberglass piece. So it's not a set of lights, but, um, it's something that you could put up on a display. Um, as far as our chasing lights and things like that, that still has the, the, the little remote that's connected to the set of lights. Um, a lot of people are just so used to their phones and, and these apps. You know, I'm sure a seven-year-old is probably better at it than we are, but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're it, getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, to me, it's one of the more exciting parts because it's different, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, lighting is such a huge, a light itself is just such a huge part of Christmas, both literally and symbolically, that I think folks look to um, get as creative as they can with it. Um, indoors, um, Christmas villages are very much a passionate thing. What's new this year with Christmas villaging? They have so many little lamps and, and mountains and things that light up. Um, Department 56, you can go to that website and see anything. You can go to um, Bronners.com, and we have um, a gal here that is incredibly talented, and she has uh, redone all of our displays, and they are absolutely amazing. You get lost in this little village that she she has done. Some are themed and, and licensed, like we have a Harry Potter um, display and you've got uh, the Grinch and right. Snoopy and Peanuts and things like that. Are we seeing anything new or different in trees? Uh, we sure are. Um, we have a tree here at Bronner's that um, actually can change the size before your eyes. You, really? uh, yes, it's incredible. Um, you, With a click of a button, this tree can go from six foot to nine foot. No. And it, you watch really? it happen before your eyes. Yeah, it's really cool. So do you, you do that on, a, on, on an app as well, or is there a switch, or how's that work? There's just a switch on the floor. Um, click it with your foot, and you can watch this thing expand. And as it it gets to that size you want, you can stop it 
anytime you want, but it'll go from six to nine foot. And um, it actually fluffs it itself out at the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, is totally really cool. amazing. Well, it, you know, it's, that's the great thing about Christmas is that there's a mix of old and new and the magic just never seems to cease. You know, we're, we're going into new directions all the time. Jen, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks. It was nice talking to you as well. Well, I, I, I think folks are, are trying real hard to get back into the swing of things and it's good to hear, uh, folks with expertise like you that can say, Hey, we know it's different and we know it's new, but it's still Christmas and I think that's what's most important. Yeah, we've got to celebrate the, the best reason of, of the whole year, so. We appreciate both Jen and Lori from Bronner's and connecting with us to discuss our second pandemic Christmas and what is new in Christmas decorating this year. And if you don't know much about Bronner's, I'd recommend you visit their website at Bronner's.com. And come to the Merry Forms of My Merry Christmas. We have a few members who live close by and visit often, and we have lots of other members that make the trek and offer up their own trip reports on the Merry Forms. And lest I forget, our friend Ricky Meese and her podcast partner Mary Richards of the Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast recently served up their first of a new series on Christmas destinations. And guess where they went first? You know that they just had to head to Bronner's. And they speak with Wayne Bronner, CEO of Bronner's, and get the full tour and history of the world's largest Christmas store. We hope you will give that episode at Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe a good listen. And we remind you that if you are a Christmas creator of any kind, a writer, a singer, a filmmaker, really any kind of Christmas specialist, we'd love to hear from you. And if possible, share your Christmas with our audience here on the Merry Little Podcast. For all of us at the Merry Forums of MyMerryChristmas.com, this is Jeff Westover wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. <laughs>